Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey there, everyone. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast, and I am so happy to bring this week's guest to the Hey Joe listener audience. Uh, this, uh, this guest is not only one of the uh, 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 most educated people that I know in his particular area, but he's also a very ethical and morally centered uh, pet product manufacturer representative um, in that he not only believes in a brand of the products that, that his company creates, but he's also one that stays sort of agnostic, which means he stays sort of neutral. He just wants everybody to benefit from a, a safe uh, and, and educated uh, uh, platform and when it comes to bathing products. And I'm talking about the one and only Dave Campanella from Best Shot. Um, I've known Dave for a number of years, and he is a fan favorite out there with our Hey Joe listener audience. And uh, it would be silly for me not to continue to have him on because he's just got such a wealth of knowledge. So um, one really great part is, and I'm about to tell you this also, uh, this uh, particular episode is going to serve two different groups of people. Of course, you Hey Joe listener audience podcast listeners out there, but also the LearnToGroomDogs.com audience as well, because Dave's information is so important and so powerful. We thought we better share this with both audiences. So I hope you all enjoy, and let's get started with this week's episode on conditioners, and we'll be talking with Dave Campanella from Best Shot. Hey, everyone out there. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast. Uh, we are uh, we're actually doing something a little bit different this time uh, in that uh, I've brought you a, a, a fan favorite as, as a guest to the Hey Joe podcast, but if you're listening to this on just the audio version, I encourage you to also go over to our LearnToGroomDogs.com website, which is our sister company. We have Paragon School of Pet Grooming, where you'll find the Hey Joe podcast, but also on our, on our other platform, which is a streaming video library of instructional videos, which is called LearnToGroomDogs.com. And the, what's really cool about this particular uh, 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 segment or this episode is you're going to be able to listen to the audio version as a podcast, but we are also videoing this. So we're doing this in video form also so that you can watch the video uh, uh, version of it as well over at LearnToGroomDogs.com. So um, as I mentioned before, we're bringing back a fan favorite. I, I introduced him just a, a, a few seconds ago to you and kind of the introduction part of, of this. So let's jump right in. I am, I am pleased and I'm thrilled and we are flattered uh, to have Dave Campanella with Best Shot back on the podcast and now also our video cast um, as a, a, a return expert. Dave, your, your knowledge goes on for, for, for decades, uh, uh, and, and, but we get you for a, a small snippet in time, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled to tackle this particular topic because you know what? When I was 
trying to learn how to groom, right? We all know that I'm not a dog groomer, and uh, but I was a really great bather brusher. But when I was being taught just the basics of bathing, um, I don't know that I was taught right. I don't know that I was taught wrong. But conditioners always seem to have kind of a a role in there somehow. And uh, I I I thought it was it was it was great. You recommended that we have a, a, an episode on on unpacking what it is that our conditioner. So Dave, thanks for joining us today. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. All right. So, so Dave, I think before we get into maybe the features and benefits of conditioner, mm-hmm. would you mind just helping us understand just the basics, if you would, what is a conditioner and, and, and what does a conditioner do in general? Great question. And the best way to answer it is to kind of parallel our human uh, uh, partners in the cosmetology world. And in cosmetology, the way they define a a conditioner, it's anything that improves the quality or corrects and prevents surface damage to the hair or the skin. And what's important about that definition, and this will be I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll, I think what'll help is I'll provide a, uh, a handout or something, a reference for your, for your viewers, uh, and it'll have this definition. But the key to that definition is conditioners do not regenerate or uh, uh, the hair or the skin at the molecular level. I think it's an assumption that's sometimes assumed. And the reason for that is with hair anywhere ways. And we're talking, we're going to make the assumption we're talking about hair conditioners, not skin conditioners today. But the hair is already dead. It's nothing but dead keratin. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and, and I've used the analogy of, uh, you know, when you're conditioning hair, it, uh, it's a lot like uh, antique furniture. You can't, you know, with antique furniture, you can restore, you can refinish, you can't replace it. <laughs> it's priceless, you know, and that's kind of what we're dealing with with conditioners. And, you know, finally, uh, chemically speaking, conditioners are really nothing more than positively charged uh, fatty acid molecules or polymers, which we'll get into. Uh, and where that becomes important is knowing the difference, the fundamental difference between a detergent and a conditioner. So, so Dave, uh, so you, you, so I want to circle back on this one. You said something that was, I think is very important. Hair's not alive, right? So hair is already uh, uh, dead or you can't bring it to life. There's no, there's, there's no magic cure. And I don't even know what hair would be like if it was actually alive. It probably wouldn't even, <laughs> I guess it would just be like other appendages. Right. But, but knowing that, you know, uh, 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 you know, we see these commercials on television. You, you talked a little bit about the human counterpart of products that are out there. We see these commercials on television all of the time about uh, 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 strengthening hair shafts and filling in the cracks and divots and making them stronger. And I know we're gonna talk a little bit about how conditioners really behave at that level and that may or may not be accurate, but I know racing through everybody's mind, you know, when you think about conditioners and you remember some of the commercials you watch on TV, one of the things you talked about is, and I'm looking down at some of my notes, is to understand the difference between detergents, which I know that's, ooh, that sounds like such a harsh word. So does surfactants or soap, which 
We're going to give a teaser out later about a, uh, an upcoming episode where, where Dave is going to tear apart some soap for us uh, uh, or, and, and, and surfactants and detergents for us, just like we're doing on conditioners. Um, but you talk about detergents versus conditioners. So tell us how at, 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 a, at, a, at a surface level, a uh, high level, how do each behave so that we understand each, 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 you know, if they were actors in a play, which role are they playing in the, in the bath time? And you'll be happy to know that it's actually a very simple concept to get down. The first and fundamental thing that you, that you need to learn, many of us already know this, many are just learning it for the first time, is chemically speaking, skin and hair inherently have a negative charge. It's referred to as being anionic. With detergents, the detergent, the and by detergent, I mean the cleansing agent in a shampoo, a soap, whatever your cleaning product is. It care, it's anionic, it has a negative charge. It's attracted to the dirt and the oil, but it's, it's, it repels away from the skin and the hair and water. And I make that little distinction. You know, you hear all sorts of scary things about detergents. And I, I'm the first one to tell you that any detergent can cause irritation. It can cause nasty blisters if you never rinsed it out of your hair. <laughs> you know, and you hear a lot of fear marketing. Uh, but in water, you know, we, we use a detergent, we wash our hair. The key is you have to rinse these compounds out with water. Uh, but the detergents, they grab onto the oil, but they're repelled. They repel away from skin and hair. Conditioners are the exact opposite. They're cationic, they're positively charged, and they're designed to bond to the hair and the skin. It's a very simple concept that you can base, and, and it, when you think in that terms, it, it makes it a lot easier to follow and get a handle on uh, what we're doing as canine cosmetologists. And one of the things that you had uh, made a mention of earlier, one of the one of the really great tools that you're going to make available to the Hey Joe listener audience and the LearnToGrimDogs.com audience is uh, some downloadable resources. So you're going to you're going to offer us a a much deeper dive, a much deeper understanding than what we would ever have time necessarily to talk about on on any one episode. We I think you said we probably had enough material to talk for two or three episodes on conditioners, but but to serve everybody, you you've you've stepped up and you. You said you're going to make that uh, information available to us. So you, sure. everybody, you're going to want to stay around until the very end so that you understand how to take full advantage of that and get that. Um, Dave, when you're talking about, so I really like that. You made it really simple. Detergents, cleaning agents, right? That bonds to oils. They, they, it, it, it grabs on into oil and it carries it off in the rinse, in the rinse process, right? Um, and, and conditioners, they're different. They kind of leave some of the goodies behind, right? So because they're bonding with the coat and the skin. Mm -hmm. um, you you use a, you 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 educate us on a term called keratin proteins. Can you tell us why keratin proteins are are important to know about, and where do keratin proteins show up in this in this uh, uh, in this sure, process? Sure. The basic structure of the hair, the outermost layer with the cuticle scales. Think of a think of a pine cone or the the bark on a tree. That layer is called the epicuticle. And you have the outside and on the inside. On the inside portion of the epicuticle are uh, positively, or excuse me, negatively charged keratin uh, proteins. That's 
pretty much what I meant earlier when I said hair's dead and it's made pretty much of uh, keratin. But these keratins, the fact that they're negatively charged, they act as the anchor for the fatty oil deposits, the sebum that the body produces, uh, you know, as well as conditioners. They're all cationic and they will bond and anchor to that. And it's just that uh, positive, negative relationship. Great. So uh, again, it, it's it's sort of like uh, uh, you know uh, opposites attract, right? So exactly, exactly. That's exactly what's happening between these these products and how they're responding to a molecular level to dirt, oils, hair, skin, you know, the, the keratin and such. Now you just brought up a, a really great uh, uh, word that I, I think is kind of at the at the at the center, the core of everything we're talking about, and that is the the sebum, right? So uh, uh, S E B U M. Uh, uh, sebum and and I think it's important for everybody to understand that that's really where we're looking at uh, conditioners having the biggest effect and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong but let's kind of now go into now that we described kind of what a conditioner is and really trying also to understand what a conditioner and a detergent are separate from one another but why must we condition every coat especially as it relates to something so important as this this term you're bringing up sebum okay I'm going to take a quick step back. Many of us, unfortunately, uh, uh, that have been in the industry uh, are familiar with the rationale that, oh, conditioner is adding, well, con the conditioning phase is just another step and it's, a, it, and it's an added expense. And uh, of course, as business people, you know, hey, if we can take a shortcut or save money. And unfortunately, what's so wrong is people won't condition for the wrong reasons, or they, they're not conditioning because they don't understand. The way the hair works, and if you're you know, one for understanding the concept of intelligent design, the skin produces, uh, uh, the sebaceous glands in the skin produce sebum, which is a thin oily layer, which coats the hair as it grows out. And a lot of our breeds, especially, let's look to like a Newfoundland, a dog that has a water basically a waterproof coat. These oils, the sebum is serving two purposes. It's, it's protecting the hair, but in, in those type of coats, it, it actually gives that dog its waterproof quality to its coat. Now the reality is uh, over time, environmental factors, sun, wind, you know, swimming in the salt water, uh, swimming in a chlorinated pool, whatever, that can, deplete those natural oils from the coat. But the thing that we overlook is that as professional groomers, when we wash, we do wash away the sebum. And that's not a bad thing. You know, some cunning marketer might take that and, you know, make it a scary thing. You're wash away the essential, uh, you know, oils from the coat. Ah, my response to that is, well, duh, that's how detergents clean because sebum by nature is somewhat of a dirt magnet. And the longer our hair goes, we get flat, oily, greasy. So the sebum is the one, the sebum is the one that is like a like a swiffer on a on a hardwood floor, right? So it's it's so, like so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's, it serves two purposes. It's 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 it has a purpose, but there's a point where it's kind of the source to all our problems. So what happens is when you when you when the when those oils are either naturally depleted or when we wash a dog, we really need to replace 
what we washed away. We need to hydrate, we need to replenish some of those oils. And what did I say earlier? I mentioned that chemically, conditioners are basically fatty acid, you know, proteins, uh, positively charged. And that's what you're doing with the conditioner is essentially you're replacing. Here's the great news. Here's why everybody wants the condition. And this kind of is the mic drop, you know, uh, of conditioning is you can replace the sebum with something superior in an advanced conditioner. And what makes it superior is many of these conditioners will not attract oil. They will not attract dirt, whereas the sebum does. And what that does is that extends the concept of manageability. If I can have the hair repel more dirt, you'll hear products, they say, you know, this product is good for repelling dust and dirt and urine or, or whatever. What they're describing is the a basic property of that conditioner. And sebum doesn't do that. So by extending manageability, what, what the, these conditioners uh, do is, uh, and I, I can touch on uh, some of these things, uh, it, it, it basically, you're keeping the cuticles closed longer, you're keeping uh, moisture in the coat longer, um, you're keeping static away. So over time, you know, let's say you have a customer whose dog comes in every three to four weeks. If, they're, if you're using a good conditioner uh, regimen, you'll notice, and most people will, you know, groomers will tell you, they notice that these dogs are in much better shape. They're not as matted. They're not as tangled. Uh, many people with double-coated breeds, I, I'm an owner of a Samoya dog, a big white dog named Banker. Some of you may have seen him at the shows. He'll find some dirt and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and he'll be, he'll be black. But no worry, his coat, he's so well conditioned and maintained by the end of the day, a lot of that just brushes off. Whereas if we never conditioned him, now you get the staining, you know, from the wick, wicking of the hair and, you know, you have a mess. So uh, now there's, really, a, there's a term, there's a term that you use for opening that are manipulating the hair cuticles and, yes. and you call it, I want to read it right off, coat porosity. So it's, I, it, 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 that means to me, I, I see, I see the, the root word porous in there. I, I see it as being open and accepting of something, right? So is that like, is that, is that accurate? It's accurate. And what, what porosity is, and let's, you know, let's define ourselves as canine cosmetologists. In the cosmetology world, when they talk about different human hair types, they talk about porosity. And porosity is the degree to which the cuticles on the hair tend to lift over time. And managing porosity is either keeping it smooth and from time to time in, in, in the human world, they'll open up the cuticles. Anybody who colors hair, uh, are, they're familiar with hot water and the very pungent alkaline smelling product that they put on the hair to open up the cuticles and then they apply the color and then they close it back up. Porosity is very important. In the dog grooming world, and with uh, you know dogs, cats, animals, any any mammal with a lot of fur and hair, we really want to manage it, and preferably we want to smooth the coat and and get it to this stage. And when you have a smooth coat, uh, again, 
you're you're replacing the sebum, you're keeping that 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 hair hydrated. You're you know, and, and some of the other ingredients that tag along in these formula formulations will fill in broken areas, and you can take a split end and smooth it out and get rid of the frizzies. I mean, that's basically what we're talking about here. Well, and I think one Double of the other current. benefits for for shedding breeds, you know, being in the business for so long, you know. Uh, uh, you have double coated dogs and dogs that blow coat and all of that. And I understand that and a lot of dogs shed for various different reasons. Um, but I know that a lot of shedding is caused by the hair actually breaking off. It's not necessarily been released from the, from the body. Is that where maybe it's been open too long, gets dry, the sebum stripped away and it has a tendency to break off or am I thinking something different? Well, well with, with shedding and I tell people shed happens, uh, it's a, you know, what'll happen is if the hair cuticles and the long strands of hair are lifted open, basically it's a net trapping all the shedded undercoat that's been released. And that's what we deal with. And if you have dry, staticky hair, you really got a mess that can lead to matting and tangles. Uh, all sorts right, it, of acts, it acts almost like Velcro. Because if, if all of them are, if the hair shafts are rough and, 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 and they just like grab onto one another and sort of unlock that from the coat when you are trying to evacuate the hair uh, in a grooming salon sure. situation, especially, you know, I'm a huge fan of offering shed control treatments and things like that in grooming salons uh, because that's what customers really want and are seeking is less hair in their home. So if you were going to try to expedite uh, trying to 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 move that coat out of the dog's off the dog's body. If you're not treating that hair properly, you're probably actually fighting uh, uh, against that coat, and could I could you could be damaging it, right? So you could actually be exactly. breaking. Exactly. Um, you know, and and one of the uh, you know one of the advantages of uh, one of well some of the many advantages of conditioners. I mean, you're not just replenishing and replacing the sebum you know you can you can help it'll, it'll help with uh with uh, shedding you can now use the force from your pressure sprayer in your tub or your dryer to release a lot of that without a lot of pulling and tugging uh, conditioners can reduce surface friction on the hair allowing it to slide off but then the other thing that they do is uh basically they'll add they can add shine they, you know, we talked about extending manageability. Uh, you know, it's a domino effect, really. What, what, where it becomes a mystery you, with with people. You know, people will talk about, you know, why do you condition? Well, we deal with shedding dogs. We deal with tangled dogs. We deal with dogs with dry skin. <laughs> we deal with uh, uh, dull coats, damaged coats. Conditioners literally perform a variety, they're multifaceted, it's a domino effect. And uh, so many of the things that we do day in and day out require a conditioner. So if you're not conditioning, you're working too hard. Yeah, and, and again, this job's hard enough, right? And, and, exactly. And, and we're, we're groomers, you know, in, in, in our world at, at the Hey Joe podcast and LearnToGroomDogs.com, Paragon, whatever education source that we provide, we're always looking for ways to save the professional groomer seconds. And seconds add up to minutes and minutes add up to hours and hours add up to either less, you get out of the salon early that day or you can Nothing. take your dog that day. Maybe you're less tired that day, but 
But again, what you're saying is by using a conditioner, the conditioner then is allowed to work at different levels of performance based on what the coat might need. So it might only need a little bit, it might need a lot, but the conditioner is applied and will kind of almost behave according to the need of the of the coat. Is that did I understand you right? That's that's correct. And the thing we want ingrained in our minds is that we want a condition, be it a, a, a cream rinse that we put in and we let sit and we rinse out or something even like a spray and leave in condition, a conditioner or a detangling spray or a speed dry spray. Those are all conditioners and they can all benefit and literally what's left behind because of that positive bond we talked about. They're gonna keep those cuticles on that coat closed longer than the sebum would. It's gonna be a nicer finish. Uh, you're, and, and let's be honest, let's forget about all the logical, um, you know, natural reasons and how it's a replacement. Let's just talk about the customer service standpoint. If the coat looks wonderful from the customer standpoint, that's, that's gold right there. Yeah, it looks wonderful, feels wonderful. I mean, when they put their hands on it and, and such. Now, so let's talk a little bit about, I, I think that's a great segue then, Dave, to move into some of the myths about conditioners. And I love that. I love that. Okay, so first, you know, uh, to the Hey Joe listener audience out there and the learntogroomdogs.com audience, what we're doing, we're talking with Dave Campanella with Best Shot, and he's actually tearing apart what is uh, uh, so important to know about conditioners and, and, and why conditioners uh, should be used on every on every coat, every bath, all the time. Now, I mean, I know that there's certain people out there that have special, you know, breed uh, needs and hair coat needs for special types of trims and such. So, you know, we're we're speaking to the 80, 85% out there. We're speaking to the to the you know Betty pet groomer out there who is is providing pet quality grooming up to and including some of you know maybe not some of these specialty breeds where you guys might have your own concoctions for your own needs that way. But again. 85, 90% of you are doing pet quality grooming out there. So that's who we're talking to. But so let's talk a little bit about myths about conditioners, because one of the things uh, uh, that that I, I've heard over the over time is that conditioners are heavy and that they weight down the, the hair. And then you can't, you can't scissor because you can't get the hair to stand up. Or you can't get the hair to behave in a certain way because conditioners are heavy. What, what, what say you, Dave Campanella? When I hear that, the first thing I respond is they're referring to something. They're referring to some product and how it behaved that that was heavy, that was oily, that weighed the coat down. What do they mean by that? 30 years ago, uh, you know, a lot of the conditioners that we used were more, I'm going to use the term old school, and I, and I have no problem with old school. Uh, things like shea butters and lanolins and, and uh, you know, people will use a coconut oil. You know, some folks will mix that in. And these things are fine. But on a molecular level, when you look at their mass, you know, weight and size, they are heavy. And they required either very warm to hot water to rinse out of the coat. Uh, and if you didn't fully rinse it out, yeah, you kind of got that flat feeling. Kind of like when, you, when you're out camping and you don't wash your hair and that sebum and that oil builds up and you get that heavy, wonderful, beautiful, thick, yucky hair. That can happen. Yeah, Dave, I don't, I, that, you know, that, that hasn't happened to me for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure sorry. some of our audience knows what that means. But, um, and if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're only watching the, the, or if you're only listening to the Hey Joe podcast, you're listening to audio, 
uh, look at the uh, cover photo, you'll know that I don't have any hair. So uh, yeah, very- your biggest your biggest shock is you're going to find that Joe and I have a face for radio. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so Dave, uh, another myth that another myth that are brought up are shampoo or conditioner. Well, well, let me let me oh, really get back to that though. Yeah, go ahead. Is yes, some conditioners are oily, can be heavy, but most of the new age conditioners are not. In fact, you don't you can rinse them with cold water. They're pretty much indiscer- uh, indiscernible. Many have some softening effects. Can add body. Uh, the, the answer to that question is that myth is false because it depends on the conditioner of your choosing, what you choose for that application. Well, and, that, and that's a fair response. And like you said, the technology and the, and the awareness and the, and the education of how these products are now constructed and manufactured are, it's just so much more advanced. Now. I mean, I, I, I used to work for a shampoo product, you know, manufacturer and, and uh, I know, you know, right, everybody. But I guess my point is, is I was always just blown away by the technology and the, and the knowledge and the, the care and, and, and things that go into creating these products and what these ingredients jobs do that um, I'm sure it has to be different because that part's evolved as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so, but some people say that, sh- that conditioners are too expensive. I buy a, I buy a shampoo buying a conditioner is just an added cost it's just too expensive what what is a what's a, a a favorable response to folks that just think of it as an extra cost well actually there's several ways of looking at it if you break it down uh just by looking at what the bottle is it's very true that the active ingredients in a conditioner are much more sophisticated than a typical shampoo so it stands to reason that they could be 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 percent more if not more but here's some good news uh what because of that cationic relationship that that in active ingredients and conditioners now mind you conditioners more so than shampoo are mostly water not because somebody's ripping you off (laughs) those active ingredients depend on the water for deposition but because they're positively charged i don't know why we give the industry's in the habit of giving dilution rates for conditioners. You can actually take a conditioner and stretch it beyond any recommended dilution rate because it's not a matter of if those positively charged ingredients are going to bond to the hair and skin. It's a matter of what method of deposition or application are you using to get it to the coat and the skin. If you're recirculating or you use a spray bottle or or uh, a mixing bottle, you can actually take that conditioner and stretch it much further. It's just all in the care that you use to get it deposited on a coat. Um, The good news here is if you have a conditioner that they say can be diluted three to one, six to one, 10 to one, I'm telling you, you may be able to, I'm encouraging you to experiment. You may find that you can cut it 25, 30 to one put it in a mixing bottle, or if you're using a recirculating system for those that use that, the great news there is you're going to save so much money because you're giving, you're letting the system apply that active ingredient. So yeah, gallon bottles of conditioners can be more expensive, but when you break it down per dog and how you're using them, and now with what I'm telling you that really virtually every brand conditioner 
you can stretch a lot further. Yeah. So, so tinker with it and, and see, tinker with it. and again, I think it's going to depend and maybe make some great notes on the client file, right. Mm-hmm. And that pets file in the computer and, 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 because I think it, it, you know, it depends also probably on some of the code condition and maybe you just pick mm-hmm. a happy medium and that's your, and that's your go-to unless they, you know, you need to put it on a little bit more thick and rich. So the last myth I want to, that I want to talk to, and there's a couple other topics I want to make sure we leave enough time for, but silicones. Sure. I, I don't know, man, but I have, I've had people come up in the trade show booths for years and say nothing but terrible things about silicones. Are mm-hmm. silicones bad or silicones not bad? What, where do silicones rank in the, in the conversation? First thing I tell anybody who tells me that is, number one, have an open mind and ultimately be your own judge because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to state the facts. Um, Silicones are a conditioner. They're a copolymer. Um, and I'll provide some things to help people explore what those are. But silicones are cationic. They're pretty much silica and uh, I want to say silica and nitrogen atoms. Silica is next to water on our planet. It's the most abundant mineral. You'll hear people say silicones are not biodegradable. And my response to that, of course, they're not biodegradable. They're a mineral. <laughs> they're, they're degradable. Uh, some people are concerned about the, the human footprint left behind in the processing and the refining and the manufacturing of silica. And uh, when I've explored that and gone down that rabbit hole, it's considerably less, in my opinion, than a lot of the other things things that we, we count on and rely upon in this world. Um, I have a biased opinion that for a lot of people and for some companies, uh, yeah, they're, they can be very expensive. So if I can find something to use that doesn't cost as much, uh, you know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe that's a reason to, to be down on silicone. But the fact of the matter is silicones are being used in medicine as carriers of medicine, plasma, they're used to, you know, there's so many applications. I'll, I'll make sure I include a couple references where you can kind of read up and get a, an overview. But uh, they, if, if you notice, most silicone products will say they're hypoallergenic. And what's powerful about that statement is how many essential oils and other surfactants can make that claim. And when you consider that a lot, a lot of the silicones are being used internally in medicine and have been for decades. They've got to be safe for topical. I mean, you could, you could at least make that assumption. You can make And I let, I let, I let the listener be the judge. It just, when I, when I've gone and looked at that, you know, I keep coming up empty handed. So then, so then the final flip to that is sometimes when you hear the negative things, it's like, okay, what are they selling that's an alternative. Or right, right. Are they, just, are they just downplaying silicone to upplay another ingredient that might be specific to? And we and, and shampoos is a very competitive uh, field, both in the human and pet industry. And uh, it, it, it takes right. it honestly, it takes a lot to differentiate your products. Yeah, and uh, that's it's so, one. So let's talk about different. let's talk about the shampoo conditioner relationship. Uh, circle back to that just for a moment. One of the myths that uh, I I added to the conversation mix is I've heard over you know my thirty plus years in the business that it's okay to use a cheap shampoo or even 
Dawn dishwashing detergent or 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 bar so whatever it's it's okay to skimp on shampoo as long as you use conditioner what are your do you have a feeling of that or is that accurate is that Here, here's accurate? here's how i i choose to answer that we covered a lot of ground today we talked about the anionic cationic relationship and the difference between detergent and conditioner surfactants we talked about porosity which is scientific fact, you know, manipulating the cuticle and to get the end result. We talked about the fact that when you wash away the sebum, you need to replace it with something and conditioners are wonderful. They're a superior replacement. If someone understands the hair type and the coat, there are many things out there that one can choose to get to that effect. But if you come to me and you say, it's okay to use Dawn dishwashing liquid. Uh, they didn't know, we didn't know that we were doing a paid endorsement for Dawn dishwashing liquid, did we? A uh, dishwashing uh, liquid of, of unbranded mention. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oops, the internet police. But anyway, my point to that is there's better options. If, you, if you're being mindful, if we're professionals, just as when one goes to the auto mechanic and looks for that ASC certified mechanic, we assume he knows how to work on a gasoline combustion engine, a diesel engine, or a rotary engine, or whatever. As canine cosmetologists, one would think if we understand co-type and we understand the different ingredients. What you find is there's better options and sciences on the side of many better selections and better choices than a cheap shampoo. What is a cheap shampoo? If your definition of a cheap shampoo is under 15 bucks for a gallon versus 50 bucks, you know, and that the difference is, what is that, 25 bucks, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, that I, I can't really help you. You're not, you know. Yeah, what is what is the definition of cheap? What is the definition of a cheap? Yeah. Yeah. But if you're no, talking about fair. basic that's shampoo or, or a harsher shampoo, um, that's totally dismissing things like pH, porosity, coat type. So what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, can you wash a dog with Dawn dishwashing liquid? One could do that. If one wasn't very mindful, it could be uh, risky. Mm -hmm. But there's better options. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah. yeah, fair enough. My last question for you before we talk about what we're going to do uh, even on our next episode, which I'm really, really excited about as well. We're kind of putting the the cart, I won't say cart before the horse, but we're talking about conditioner first, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about shampoo. But but the last thing I have for you is both in one. There's a lot of products out there that are being sold that are a two-in-one. Uh. Shampoo and conditioner, or or so they're either being pre-manufactured that way, or we're playing mixologist of, 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 of bathing products and we're putting some oatmeal shampoo in, we put some uh, 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 cleaning shampoo in and we put just for good measure, we put some conditioner. So whether it's coming pre-manufactured from a, 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 a shampoo and, and, and conditioner uh, manufacturer like Best Shot or whoever, right? So whether it's coming pre-manufactured or by, at the hands of a, of a mixologist in the grooming department, is is two in one are two in one products worth it? Are they safe, unsafe? What's your take on those? I'm glad you're bringing it up because it's 
kind of a can of worms of perception, misperceptions and misunderstandings. I think what happens is we tend to confuse what's done in the human side and how it translates over into what we're doing and, and the applications for double-coated fur and hairy animals. You know, if, if a person's in the shower, um, a two-on-one shampoo, what the intent is behind a two-on-one shampoo is it's something that you can use on your body and, and it'll rent, the conditioner is going to allow it to rinse off easier. Uh, how many times has someone taken a shower and, and maybe you didn't fully rinse or, or you notice your skin's dry and itchy? Two-on-one conditioners because, or two-on-one shampoos because of the added type of conditioner in that application can minimize the itching and the harsh effects of a detergent. Um, it can also help keep the, keep the hair more acidic in the formulation, less apt to have a harsh shampoo that blows the coat. Imagine if you got done taking a shower and the hair on, well, the hair on your wife's head, Joe. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Touché, uh, yeah, I know. But imagine if it opens up the hair and you have dry, staticky hair. That's a problem. So the conditioners will keep the, keep the cuticles smooth, give you a nice shine, rinse off easy, you don't have any itching. That's kind of what a two-in-one's doing. What I think happens is one of the mindsets, going back to earlier points, is we hear two-in-one and we're thinking, I can save a step. I don't have to condition. Right, saving steps, saving time, saving money, and all of that. That's not what was meant by that two-in-one. You know, um, you know, people have, you know, Know, on their head and in certain areas they only have one hair coming out of a out of a out of a pore you know out of a hair follicle whereas with dogs there could there's multiple you have undercoat you have guard hairs uh you know it, it's it's very different uh, what a two-in-one shampoo means i think in the pet industry and how it needs to be clarified and uh, and if you, you consider this i think it fits in most cases what you're talking about is a shampoo that's formulated not to be harsh, that, that is going to rinse easy, that's not going to overstrip the coat, meaning blow it open, you know, with the cuticles. Um, something that's less likely to irritate. Um, and on some breeds, if, it, if it's a smooth-coated dog or a dog with, you know, or a hairless dog or whatever, you know, a two-on-one shampoo can, can give a nice finish. However, a lot of double-coated breeds, the reason why we also condition is it's an opportunity to help release some of that shedding, to repair pretty much the given that there's a lot of damaged coat. Uh, you really, science will prove that separate steps tend to work a little better. You'll hear a lot about different methods, uh, close, open, close, close, you know, open close methods and different things that are basically they're referring to using different products and the phases, you know, and, 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 and its effect on the hair. Uh, a two in one shampoo might be a good alternative if you're doing a, you know, you, if you're doing a de-shedding regimen and you, your object is to have more smooth coat, you might choose a two in one shampoo, but the two in one, that term is abuses, I guess what I'm saying. Uh, we've kind of, uh, it's kind of like the term hypoallergenic. You know, a lot of people think a hypoallergenic shampoo has no fragrance and no color. 
And while those are distinct attributes that people look for, is some people prefer no fragrance, uh, that's not what hypoallergenic is, you know? So just as we misinterpret the term, that's what's happening with two and one. So, what, so is it fair then to say if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pulling kind of the, the 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 nuggets out of what you're saying about two and one, two and one is is not a bad thing. It's not like it's not no. safe. No, but, it's not a bad but, thing. But when you have a detergent and you have a conditioner in one product, you're not going to get the maximum benefit from either or. And to some how, how degree, you? you might be fighting each other. Exactly. How can you? So. If there's a conditioner in that shampoo, if it's a shampoo and it's designed to clean, you can pretty much you know, see it as a given that when it was formulated, they have lower conditioning levels in that product. You know, they're using that conditioner for other purposes. Right. A separate conditioner treatment is gonna work better. Now, let's go back to what you said earlier, which I thought was neat and dead on, is you get a lot of people who, what I call the chili pot scenario, where they want to mix a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know, and when you add a, a conditioner to a shampoo, if you're not really being mindful and if you don't really know much more about the ingredients and what you're working with, more often than not, you're inhibiting the detergency. So you may have to wash that dog more than once and you're flushing good conditioner down the drain because that, that detergent surfactant is going to suspend and kind of get caught up and tie up that conditioner it's best to do separate phases, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I, think that's, I, think that's the, I think that's the real words of wisdom there. It's just best to do separate phases versus thinking that you're doing the pet or yourself or your checkbook or whatever. Uh, 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 you're, you're doing yourself a favor by mixing everything together. Cause really what you're, you're really not. Uh, and, and, and again, and I've, and I've often told people this other than the labor that's associated with grooming, you know, what you pay people in your shop or your salon or what you make in your shop and salon, the next most expensive cost in grooming is the bait or the bathing products. So yep. uh, to your point, you're probably washing it down a drain. So, so again, to all of the Hey Joe listener audience out there and the learn to groom dogs.com uh, audience out there, again, this video and audio combo is serving two different audiences out there, which is really, really cool. Um, but Dave is going to make available uh, uh, some really great uh, downloadable resources. So all you have to do is you have to go to paragonpetschool.com. So that's the paragonpetschool.com website and go to the resources page to the podcast, so Dave's podcast episode, and you can unlock the code to, to get those uh, free resources. So again, for the learntogroomdogs.com audience and the Hey Joe listener audience, go to paragonpetschool.com in order to unlock the uh, the free resources that Dave is making available. So Dave, Obviously, you've been on uh, what you've been on. Hey, Joe. Now, this is, I think, your third visit, and we we have at least one more. Uh, uh, and I, I assume we're going to have plenty more after that because sure. your your um, your uh, uh, we're probably at least going to have one more. Your uh, uh, audience, your, your viewership, or your the, the folks that are listening to these episodes are you're very popular. So, hey, man, welcome welcome to the popular kids table, right? Yep, uh, yep. But I'm only in this because I was promised that after the fifth time I get a robe and, uh, and a, an invitation, you know, it's like a, like a, like a, uh, 
uh, yes. green it's, jacket or something. It is. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's a smoking, like a dinner smoking jacket yeah, yeah, yeah. with your emblem on it, right? With the, the Hey Joe, Hey Joe emblem on it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but you, uh, you are actually going to uh, uh, be on uh, here in the next, the next episode is all about shampoo and soap, right? Give us yeah, like a little, give us a 10 minutes, uh, 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 a little tea, uh, 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 second tease uh, about what it is that topic is. There's a lot of call today for all natural shampoo. And do we really know what that, that is? Do, can we determine the products we use if they're a liquid soap or if they're a synthetic detergent? And is there a difference between the two? Uh, is one safer than the other? Is, is one better than the other? Uh, these are things that were kind of forgotten about and there's actually a reincarnation going on right now about soap and nothing wrong with soap, but when one finally looks at the history and why these things called synthetic detergents came about, I think when you hear it, it'll make you go, hmm, ah, <laughs> it's kind of an aha moment. Yeah, and then and how to spot the differences, right? How so to spot you're going the differences. To, you're going to make a, a much more uh, uh, educated decision as a consumer or as a customer of products after listening you know, to me. Very good. So Dave, um, what's your last word for today? Do you have like the, the last little bit of wisdom for the audience? Sure. My goal in seminars and, and being in a, a, a venue like today and having this opportunity is the science and the chemistry behind soap and conditioner and as grooming liquid doesn't have to be complicated. I tr we try our best to simplify it. And the thing I want to leave people with is trust your grooming liquids. Two points. If you have a shampoo that is oversudging, and clogging up the drain and you're having a hard time with it, it's talking to you. What it's telling you is you're using too much shampoo. <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's true. Forget about the recommended dilutions, experiment, dial back. That'll solve the problem. And the same goes true with conditioners. I hear so many people say, I'm using a conditioner and it just feels funny in my fingers and it's like I can't rinse it out. Just like detergents, conditioners will tell you if that's happening, you're probably using too much. So, and the good news is after playing and the next time you do it, if you cut it back, you know, dilute it further, you're going to find that it works just fine. But more importantly, you're going to save a lot of money. Well, and what a responsible uh, uh, comment from somebody that works at a shampoo company. <laughs> Use less, you'll save more money. Um, but I, I think that that just speaks to your character and, and to the ethical way that you approach uh, this industry. So Dave, thank, thank you, you so much. I am positive that our, our listener and our viewer audience are, thank you. Are, are, are true benefactors. I know this was a long one. But I hope everybody agrees that it was worth sticking around for. Oh, so, uh, Dave, we yeah. will talk again soon, my friend. Thank you so much. All righty. Take care. Thanks. See you guys. <laughs>